Hey everybody, Gary Cantrell here along with Chris McManamy for Wrestling Informant Radio, WrestlingInformant.com. How you doing today, Chris? I'm doing great, man. How you doing? I'm doing pretty good. This is our very first episode. I'm I'm very happy to uh, have this going on here today. This is great. We're going to finally get our wrestling out to the world here. Absolutely. I'm, I'm really, I'm really anxious and excited to get this started. I know that there's probably a lot of people that don't know, obviously, cause we're brand new. So right. probably stating the obvious, but they don't know who we are or what we do. Um, you know, my background very quickly, I used to host a show called the shoot. Well, I still do, but it used to be an all wrestling show mm-hmm. years ago. Um, we were on blog talk radio for three years and then came back after a two or three year hiatus and kind of doing a little bit of things. And Chris actually joined me in August of last year to kind of help me on this journey. Yep. It's been a year. Yeah. It's, it's, it's been about a year, uh, just about here. And so ever since then, we've been, you know, we've been kind of doing our thing, a little bit of wrestling here, a little bit of wrestling there, but we felt that we wanted to have a show to focus all on wrestling. And so to do that, we felt that launching a brand new wrestling news website, you know, with a very well complimented podcast would be a great idea Yep. Which is, you know, which what got WrestlingInformant.com born. And so, guys, to be honest with you, we're kind of figuring this out as we go along. I mean, we're not new to the podcasting world, but we're new to this show. So, you know, our other format, we kind of just, you know, pick our topics and, and just go with it and, and let it flow. Here, we're just going to kind of figure out whatever works best. And if you guys want to follow us on Twitter at PWInformant and let us know what you think, we'd love to hear your feedback. You know, whether you have questions for us for the podcast, future podcasts, we'll answer those. Uh, the format is, is fairly simple. It's about an hour or under. You know, we don't know exactly how we want to do it yet, but we're we're going to figure it out. We're going to let the listeners tell us what they think as well. Right, Chris? Absolutely. Like we always say, you know, we'll just call it in the ring. We'll call it in the ring. There you go. A nice wrestling term, right? Yes. Yeah, great way. Because the first episode is always, I think, first episode of anything. It's always the toughest to kick off. It is very tough. I mean, Chris, you've been doing radio for a little while. I've been doing mm-hmm. radio for a little while. Yeah. But even that being said, this is a brand new show. So it's right. like we're doing a podcast as if we've never done one before ever. Right. It's like we're, it's like we're rebooting. Yes. That's a perfect, yeah. That's a perfect statement. That and the fact that we, we come from the live radio world. So we, we're always used to just flipping it live and, and just letting it go. So I felt that that's important for, for us to do here. You know, there's not going to be a lot of heavy editing. It's just going to be us hitting yeah. the record button and going like we're going live. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So <laughs> with that being said, Chris, give him your background because you've been in the radio uh, game for a little while here as well and, uh, mm-hmm. tell him, tell him what you got. Well, I've been, uh, like I said, I've, I've been doing the live radio for about a year now. I, I tried to do a technology podcast. I started out doing it, did a few episodes, and then all of a sudden I'm listening to the shoot one day and you know I'm like, man, that sounds really good. And then Gary puts out a tweet, says, Hey, I'm auditioning for co host and I'm thinking I looked at my <laughs> wife, I said, Hey, look at this. I'm like, Yeah, what the hell? Why not, <laughs> right? A, yeah. Like, what the hell? I'll, I'll give it a shot. And that's really how it went down. And then I would say, you know, we had the audition show on the shoot and the rest is history and I've been doing this alongside with you now for about a calendar year. I know it's 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 been it's awesome. I, I I think it's either next week or the week after where we actually finally hit that year mark. Right, because I think we did there. the right because I think we did the audition at the what was at the end of July because I was July. number what was I the you were the first? No, you oh, I was first. the first. Yeah, I was the first. So then we had two other guys after that. So yeah, it'd be the third week. 
Yeah, this is how I this is how I find my co-host. We do like a game show type audition on the radio. That's how we got Chris. It's it's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but Chris, the, the, the rigorous discovery process. Exactly, exactly. Now I, I know for me, Chris, I've been watching pro wrestling since 1989. As far as you know, like full time. I remember mm-hmm. the first pay per view I ever got was WrestleMania five. Hulk Hogan, Randy Savage. In my opinion one of the best WrestleMania matches. I mean, certainly in the past few years, we've seen some, you know, especially the Undertaker matches have been really good yeah. contenders for best WrestleMania match. But, mm-hmm. you know, I always think back to Hulk Hogan era. That's where I grew up. And then, yep. of course, you know, the the mid-90s, mid to late 90s, the Attitude Era, that's kind of where I was really, you know, I, I was becoming, I was like a teenager. So there is where I was really, you know, impressed with what was going on. So tell everybody about your wrestling background and, and how you got into it. Well, I think since, for most people that don't know, Gary and I are the same age, so we grew up in the same generation. Yeah. I think my first pay-per-view I ever saw was, oh, I'm thinking Survivor Series 91. Oh, that wow. That was Hogan and Taker. That was the second pay-per-view I ever got. Right, because I, I didn't get WrestleMania. Yeah. But I was a bit, you know, Hogan, Warrior, Savage. Uh, I think at the time, you know, even going back, Texas Tornado. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. Cause I remember I had, it's funny because I, I'm thinking back when I was, you know, that age, like, you know, six, seven, eight years old, I had the, the metal WWF superstars TV tray. Oh, wow. That had all the guys, it had all the guys on it. It was Hogan, Warrior, uh, Kerry Ke- uh, Von Eric was on there. I think Sergeant Slaughter, you know, all those guys <laughs> were on it. And I thought that was the coolest thing ever. But yeah. And funny going back because you know i was a big hulk hogan guy of course we all were I was, we all were hulkamaniacs and then the night he lost the title to undertaker because rick flair got involved yeah i think i literally cried <laughs> did you remember seeing people in the audience crying little kids yeah it was bad i was i, I thought my my heart sank it's like my dog died but that's you know, how bad i felt but do you know what though i that's the one thing i don't even remember that about that show the thing that remind that you know brings the show back for me the most is not even part of the show it was the beginning of the show where they had jack tunney announcing that he was barring all the reptiles from ringside and then they show macho man's arm getting bitten by the cobra oh and yeah. you see you see uh elizabeth down there you see uh roddy piper down there and they're trying to get him out and randy they finally break him loose and he's like trying to just stand up but like he's selling like he's been shot, like he's trying to get to his feet, <laughs> but like, you know, he's selling it like there's this poison running through my veins and it's preventing me from standing up straight. And, you know, Liz is just screaming, crying and, and Roddy Piper's losing his mind. And Jake, the oh, snake yeah. just looks so oh, demonic, yeah. you know, and I remember uh, on the on the shoot uh, last year, actually interviewing Jake, the snake and talking to him about that. That was a lot that. of fun, which, by the way, th- this is the uh, first of a few plugs during Wrestling Informant Radio and members of our website, Wrestling Informant Radio, actually get these taken out of the show so they'll never hear this. <laughs> but we offer a membership, a monthly membership. It's just it's just a way for, you know, if you like what we do here, you know, you're going to hear a few episodes down the line. You might say, hey, you know, I really like what these guys are doing. I like the fact that I can go on WrestlingInformant.com and there's no ads and that's for everybody. They don't make me pay to take the, off the ads. They just take off the ads for everybody. But the reality is running a website's not free. It's very right. expensive. So what we have set up in place is something a little extra. So if you want to support what we do, you can sign up in a monthly capacity for $2.99 a month. And what you get is you get podcasts like this every single day. 
And what we do is we take a show like Raw or yep. SmackDown and we review it in depth. You know, sometimes it's me, sometimes it's Chris, maybe mm-hmm. on a rare occasion it might be both of us because our schedules are kind of crazy. But, you know, we're going to offer you daily podcasts as well as interviews like the Jake the Snake Roberts interview. We have an entire archive of interviews that we've done over the last seven years that we've built up and we put them in this little vault, if you will. And when you become a member of wrestlinginformant.com, you are able to access this vault of interviews. And I think it's a great value. $2 and 99 cents. It's the lowest on the market in terms of wrestling website subscriptions. So just go simply to wrestlinginformant.com sign up today and support the website, support us if you like what we're doing. And that's it. So, Chris, you mentioned Survivor Series 91. Yep. You know what? Before we get into current day time, I just have to bring up the very next event. Do you remember Royal Rumble 92, Ric Flair, the big win? Yep, that was the 30-man rumble for the title. I know. I think, it was, to my knowledge, I believe it was the only uh, Royal Rumble ever held yep. for the belt. The only one, and still the only one. And I thought for sure Hulk, Hulk Hogan was going to win that as a kid. I was <laughs> like, oh, Hogan's going to win this. He's got this. <laughs> Hulkamaniacs, man. And then Sid... Sid got him out there, man. That was crazy. Psycho Sid. Man, Psycho Sid, he, at that age, now I look back, I was like, man, he's awesome. But back then, he really freaked me out. He did, man. He was a big dude, wasn't he? Yup. Big jacked up, had the, the hair, and he just had that face, and it's like he's spitting all over everything, and Yo, man. Just, just all over the place. <laughs> Unbelievable. So with that being said, I mean, you know, moments like Survivor Series 91, Royal Rumble mm-hmm. 92, you can watch these on the WWE Network, which is available yep. out there. It's nine ninety nine a month with a six month commitment. Wow, I sound like a pitch man for WWE, but I think it's a <laughs> great value, Chris. You know, when they announced this thing, and in years past on on our old show, the shoot, you know, when it was all wrestling, I used to predict a few years ago, and I've still got the audio where I predicted that they should do something like this, or maybe they will. And so it's finally here. You can finally order this thing. You can access all the old shows. I mean, it's a great great deal the problem is is that uh you know they're not at this number that they want to hit wall streets are not quite happy with it they mm-hmm. released their second quarter numbers for the network which is at seven hundred thousand. um which you know what i i this is my opinion i want to hear what you have to think as well but my opinion yeah. is this i think wall street is just you know <clears throat> the fact that they have to kind of answer to wall street please wall street it, it doesn't allow them time to develop this thing properly. It's always, you know, we gotta, we got we gotta make money for Wall Street. We gotta make this thing huge. You know, we gotta, we gotta do this. We gotta do that. Everything's gotta be for Wall Street. Whereas this is still a very new technology. And I don't think a lot of people realize that. I mean, this is a brand new technology. I mean, it's been around for a few years, but not quite like this, not a live 24 seven channel. Mm-mm. with on-demand stuff. I mean, yes, it's a lot like Netflix, but Netflix doesn't have a live 24-7 channel streaming. So it is different in a way. And the pay-per-view model has changed with this in place. This is kind of something you know new and different. And to me, you cannot build something like this overnight. To me, you cannot build something like this in a few months. To me, you cannot build Mm-mm. something like this even in a year. It takes time to get people to adapt to technology and technology is right up your path. I mean, what do you think about that, Chris? Right. Well, and I'm going to start off with the, uh, the business side of it. Cause by no means am I a business major, but I'm wondering if the fact Neither am you I. said that they have to, that they have to answer to wall street. Yeah. That they're, you know, they're a publicly traded company. 
So yeah, exactly. That all that yeah, that all ties into it that they have this demand that they have to meet with the market and deal with its fluctuations up and down because they're no longer their. I, mean, I guess they're still their own entity, but when it comes to the business side, they're not. No, because they technically have to answer to somebody now. They're yeah. not this all all knowing all all wise being that doesn't have to answer to anybody. So I think that's that helped them, but I think it's going to hurt them. And we've seen that with yeah. having to real rush through this. But I mean, the network. It's like this hybrid because they do have the MLB partnership yep. and it's like Netflix. So it's like this hybrid, it's like this hybrid monster that, and then of course, you know, the world of on demand where, and then our society is pretty much on demand. Everybody wants things right now. Yeah. Everything, everybody wants things instantly. So that, that they got that pressure. So they got pressure from Wall Street, pressure from the other side, you know, from the people, from the fans, the public. Yeah. It's, so it's just it's just crazy, and for them to have to pump out all of this, and then they're slowly pumping things out, and I've heard people complain. It's like, why don't they just push it out all at once? You can't, right? It's just it's just physically. I'm sure you can do more because I, I was gonna say people people will want more. Of course, yeah, always always want more. I think they could probably push out a little bit more, but I can understand the marketing and business side of it too. You gotta, you gotta slowly drip the content because the last thing you want, Chris, is, is, you know, like they, yes, they could put up every single Saturday night's main event. They could do, you know, they could do a lot of things. They could take every old Raw and put them up all at once. But you do that, and people are just gonna, they're gonna, they're gonna, you know, consume the content and they're gonna leave. Right. That's that, the last yeah, that's, thing you want. Right. And I'm, I'm still waiting for the Monday Night War to come out. Yeah. I, I, so I kind of understand. Why they're doing to a certain degree, I can understand right. why they're doing the way they're doing it, but I don't have to agree with it, and I don't because I think that ultimately people are not necessarily coming to this network for the archived content. They're coming mm-hmm. to this network for the live monthly events, and they're coming to it for hoping for something new and different. I mean, they they've right. talked about how they wanted to do a live uh, call in studio show. You know, they wanted to do this. They wanted to do that. They had the raw pregame show and that's moved from the arena. Now it's, you know, in some Stanford studio and the picture looks just god awful. Oh, it's um, all grainy and pixelated. And it's like, what the hell? I don't know if they're like going cheaper on the bandwidth or if they're just using cheaper like webcams or what the heck they're doing, <laughs> but it just does not look as good as it used to on that. Now the pay-per-views look good, but it seems to me like on certain certain avenues they're definitely trying to cut some corners here and they're doing a lot of budget right. cutting and they have to do what is smart for their business so i understand that yes but i don't like well for like instance i don't like the fact that like they're showing total divas that like the first season they're showing total divas and it's this thing of well we're going to release one episode a week as like part of our weekly uh channel stream like i think that's kind of silly you know, that's already been available. You can get it right now if you want. You can buy it separately. I think something like that, they should just put that out there. Now, the older stuff, the stuff that's not easily available, that's the kind of stuff that maybe you drip in a little bit slowly. But Total <clears throat> excuse me, Total Divas, you can go on iTunes and buy the whole, you can buy all two seasons that are out there right now if you want to. Right, and people have DVRs. Cause, I mean, like, obviously we know, you know, all the Mid-South, World Class, WCW, there were no DVRs. But with Total Divas and things like that, People may have DVR'd it and recorded it, so they already have it. Yeah, people it, want to consume it all at once, or they want to right. try to, you know. So I think WWE, they just, you know, 
they're in a tough spot. They got to figure out how to make things work. They're cutting corners, you know, they're cutting costs and, and in, in turn cutting corners with, you know, yep. like the raw pre-show where it looks like garbage. I mean, right. how, how in the heck do you budget cut to where you're flying Booker T to Stanford to hype up the raw show that's in his hometown of Houston? Now, how do you justify that cost? That's absolutely insane. Now, I don't think last week was Houston, but maybe it was the week before, but they flew him to Stanford to do the raw pre-show for the raw in Houston. That was his hometown. Couldn't you've had him backstage with a mic in his hand or doing something like that? I mean, that's his or silly. Even, or even where they usually have a position, you know, out, you know, out in the crowd where they have their nice little pre-show stand or even in the ring. Something down or down at the announce booth with, you know, Cole and. Yeah, King they, and JBL. They could have had somebody else that's local to Stanford, one of their TV guys that does like their studio work. They could have had one of those guys fill in for Booker on the uh, pre-show, you know. And I don't understand why they would fly him all the way out to Stanford to cover a show in his hometown. And that's just silly. That that to me, I look at that, and I say that's just da- that's that's daggone irresponsible, right? Right. Yeah. Or yeah, you keep him in Houston, but then keep like Renee and you know Renee Renee Young and Alex Riley, keep them and Christian, keep them in Stanford. Yeah, fly Christian to Stanford. I don't I don't think you could I don't think you could do uh, Renee out there, and uh, I don't think you could fly her. I think you need her at the show because she is just so good at her job. She handles herself very very well. She treats it like oh, she a, does. She. <laughs> I heard the sound of your voice there. It sounded like you were she very does. intrigued. Um, <laughs> she is, she treats it like it's a real thing. I mean, like to her, she's like a sports caster and treating it as if it's not like a work. Like she's just kind of in, in the zone interviewing these right. people like it's a real sports like feel. And you cannot train people for that. Like that's just no. a raw, natural talent that she has. And she, and she does it very, very well. No, I would absolutely agree with that. Yeah. 100%. So, so the number was 700,000. In that time, they gained over 161,000 subscribers, but only 33,000 of those actually stuck around. So they lost around 128,000 people that bailed on the service and bailed on the six-month commitment. Wow. That's an alarming number. Yeah, that's uh, that's unusually high. Yeah. Now let me ask that you is this. Very high. How much of this do you think is one the actual content on the network or for lack thereof in terms of new stuff? Mm-hmm. And how much of it do you think is an excitement for the product cuz the ratings for right have recently have been pretty decent. I mean, they're not amazing, they're not mind-blowing, but they're higher than they have been in recent memory. So how much of it do you think is an excitement for or lack of excitement for the product? And how much of it is a lack of what the network is actually offering? I think maybe it's, I think maybe it's both. And then also, you know, I, I looked at the article that you sent me and you know, they're, they're attributing some of it to maybe people can't afford it. They had to cancel like the financial side. Yeah. But I mean, it's 10 but bucks. I, but I, th- I, say, I say, I think more of it, Oh yeah. gosh, I think more of it maybe like the new car smells wearing off. Well, that that could be it too. I mean, I'll be honest, I don't watch it as much as I used to. I don't either. But I'm not going to cancel it. Oh no, absolutely not. I love, you know, I, occasionally I'll go back and I'll flip through. I was like, "Oh, okay, I'm going to watch uh WCW show from the early 90s or whatever." Right. I like to randomly pull it. So, I mean, for 10 bucks a month, it's not much to ask. I mean, 
even if you did not use it for anything but the monthly pay-per-views, I still think it's a good deal. You know, I, you're saving quite a bit of money as if you were to say, oh, let me just randomly order one pay-per-view at the regular price, assuming that you can get it on your cable mm-hmm. provider. I just think that it's it's a good deal. And if you like wrestling, I don't think there's any reason to cancel. I just don't get why there's this, there's this influx of people that are just canceling at an alarming rate unless they just don't like what's there. If right. the content's sounds, not appealing. Right. It's a, it's a irrational, I think it's an irrational, it's a knee jerk reaction because I originally signed up mainly for the monthly, you know, special events. Yeah. That's mainly how I signed up. Everything else was a bonus. I'm thinking, oh, it's cool. I can go back and watch ECW, go watch, watch the old stuff. They're bringing in Legends House, which I loved Legends House. Yeah. That, that show was great. And, you know, the Monday Night War coming up and all the, you know, the history of WrestleMania was nice. So, I mean, if, 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 if they're looking at the numbers and they see that, you know, people are not watching this old stuff, mm-hmm. you think they may just say, well, let's just, let's just wipe out all the old, let's just take all the archives away and we'll just put up new stuff. I mean, no, I don't see them doing that. That's going to draw a lot of people away if you, if they even think about doing that. Right. Cause we've, we've dealt, you know, in the past, we've dealt with all the, you know, seeing all the marks that, uh, oh, easy dub, bring back the attitude era. Well, you kind of got the attitude era on the network and go watch it and, Whatever. Well, but those but those kind of fans though, those kind of fans I think are more of the pirating types. They they're like, Well, I can just watch oh. it on YouTube. Like they don't even that you can still go on YouTube right now and find a lot of this stuff and in its original form, yeah, it doesn't look as good, but you can find it. Like I don't I cannot believe that people in WWE have not made a more a valiant effort to get rid of this stuff and maybe they just think, Hey, it's a big enough evil to where we're not gonna be able to keep up with it. Right. But, but this is this is their lifeline. The network is, is a big part of their lifeline, and I think that they really need to put some effort in this because I think there are some holdouts from the network because they say, well, I can just pull up YouTube. You know, I remember going on YouTube where I could find, I could find, like, the old, I could, so deep as, like, the old pay-per-view countdown shows, like the pay-per-view yeah. version with the old countdown clock and... Mm-hmm. All the old stuff. I mean, there's these people have every single thing uploaded to this uh, YouTube. You can find everything, and it's unedited. The music's left in. They're they're yep. hyping up uh, SummerSlam '98 for you know Sunday night to air you know old SummerSlam '98, but you're not going to find ACDC's Highway to Hell from it. And I think that was a big part of the advertising of that show was the fact that they had the Highway to Hell theme and they had the Highway to Hell music. Mm-hmm. And that was a that was a big part of, uh, you know, helping out with the video hype for that uh, in getting people hyped up for the show. And people can watch these things unedited on YouTube. And then there's also the fact that, the you know, you cannot have, uh, you know, or you can have more than one person logged onto your account. I mean, they're allowing I've heard so much as like up to five different people logged into the same account. Yeah, I've heard the same thing. And I heard um. I've heard other, you know, other people talking about like comparing it to Fight Pass, to where it's like you yeah. get one, you can log in one time and that's it. You yeah. are that is just a one account. You can only get in one place, even in your own house. Yeah. Like if I had, yeah, like if I had, you know, my Mac here logged into Fight, you know, I have Fight Pass. I couldn't go upstairs on my wife's laptop and log into Fight Pass too. It just wouldn't work. Yeah, you couldn't do it. Well, well, with WWE Network, I can get my phone, my tablet, my Mac, my TV. How my insane PS3. is that? How insane is that? Right. So, I mean, if, if it, there's no limit to that. I mean, I could 
It's like, here, use my password. Go ahead. Well, like I look at the site we run and we've actually mm-hmm. we, we've got a we've got a login portal. If you are a paying customer of WrestlingInformant.com members area, mm-hmm. you can only log in once. That's it. Yep. You you know, you cannot have the same thing logged in twice and we have a limit on it. I mean, if we're able to do that, why can't WWE figure that out? Right. Some upstart like us can get it, <laughs> right? get it set up right. You get the juggernaut that's WWE, they can't do it. How how is that possible? I don't I don't I don't understand that. And then the, I mean there are people the people that that are international, and we'll get to international in a second because they made a few announcements about that, but Oh yeah. There are there are people overseas that you know, are masking their IPs. Maybe they're using a yep. VPN. They can get in, uh, and maybe that's a little bit harder to deter than, let's say, multiple logins. Yeah. So, when it comes time, and this is this this was the big announcement, was that on uh, August twelfth, a lot of foreign countries were now going to gain access to the network, except for the United Kingdom. They're not getting it until October. I think it was October eighteenth was what they said. But just about every other country, over a hundred countries, Chris. Yeah. On August 12th, they're getting access to this thing, but I don't know how much of a big surge we're going to see. I don't know. Probably. Well, I think the other thing is, too, they're not going to release that it's going to be in English whenever they first launch it, I think. Yeah, it's not going to be in, in the foreign languages. No, and, and which that, could be that hard. could hurt. Yeah. Right. That could be hard for those people that don't, you know, there's there's a lot of people that I would imagine over there don't speak English language. They want to speak their language, what they've known all their life. Right. And then try to watch an English WWE network. That may be very difficult. It'd be like me ordering a new New Japan show and expecting it in English. It's not going to happen. It's going to be in Japanese. Exactly. And the whole not... damn thing's going to be Japanese. I'm not going to understand a word of it. Unless but... you know Japanese. Exactly. So you got to adapt. You have to. Yeah. Um. Yes. And, but you know what? I mean, I mean, kudos to them because they said originally that they weren't going to get it overseas until early next year. So they are ahead of schedule and to a, to a certain degree they're ahead of schedule. Mm-hmm. So it's not entirely a a a po- or negative. Oh, not at all. You know, but I'm just not- I'm just thinking to myself this number is not going to I don't think this number is going to surge to this amazing like I don't think I don't think when they flip the switch on on August 12th they're going to hit 2 million people. I don't I don't think they're no. going to hit 1 million. No, I doubt it. I mean, they, they may come close, but I seriously doubt they'll get to the one million that they predicted originally. If I had, if 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 somebody said Gary right now, make a prediction. I'll ask you the same thing. But if they said make a prediction, I'm saying anywhere from eight fifty to nine hundred. I think that that's where they're going to get with the international audience. So, what do you think? Your thoughts? So now they're at seven hundred. I oh gosh, I may even go uh nine twenty five. 925. I don't even think they'll get 950. Is is 925 your lowest or is that your highest? Highest. Okay, what's your lowest? What do you think is the worst case? 800. 800. Okay, yeah, so I'm saying yeah. 850 to 9. You've got 800 to 925. Okay. Yeah. Well, hey. I don't think it'll hit 950. I I'll be surprised if it does. All right, folks, we you're hearing this now on the very first episode of Wrestling yep. Informer Radio. Uh that is our prediction, so we'll see what happens. <laughs> Uh, I believe the next time they're going to announce the numbers are going to be this fall, probably in October or November for the next conference call to investors. It'll be in the next quarter. Yeah, the next quarter. I, I don't Q- know how these quarter three. things work, Chris, the business in, in terms yep. of quarters. How does that work? I don't know how that works. Oh, you get, uh, just, you know, there's four quarters <laughs> in a year. Right. Three times three times four is 12, so every three months they're going to have an announcement. You know, okay. Every, 
three months, four times a year. That's 12 months in a year. So, yeah, they, they just had one, so they'll have one in three months. All right, so August, September, October, or... Probably end of October, probably. End of since, o- maybe October 31st or whatever. Or early November. Early yeah, like November. The first week, yeah, the first week of November. Okay. Well, maybe that, maybe that's going to be it. Maybe that'll yeah. be the one. Yeah. Okay. Well, very good. So we're going to find out how this thing's working. We're going to find out SummerSlam, how this is going to, how this is going to go. Because right now, Chris, you've got Brock Lesnar and John Cena Ooh, yeah. on a collision course, SummerSlam. I'm excited. I know a lot of people are not very excited for this event or this, this I, match. Yeah, I am. And I love the video packages. Yeah. That they're, that they're doing those. That is, that's awesome. <laughs> that is so cool. There's that, the one that's with the, a build up. Well, yeah, there's the one with the network where they actually show Brock as a UFC champion. Mm-hmm. And that to me is important. Right. Because. And then, and, I was just saying, then they also had the package where they show him and Cena in the Extreme Rules match, and they're beating the shit, beating the you know, beating <laughs> the crap out of each other. Yeah, yeah. What, but you know what? The first time when he came back, I think that it was it was something to where it was almost like they didn't want that. I think Lesnar, for business reasons, should have won. I think that would have been better for business. Mm-hmm. But they didn't have him win, and I think it was this. Well, we're not going to let this UFC guy show up our WWE guys like you know, we're going to show that UFC guys aren't as tough as wrestlers. And I think there was something to say, there's something to be said for that. And it was a lot of what I thought they were doing with Undertaker this past year in the buildup, but it turns out that he beat him. But I, I think this is what I think about SummerSlam. And I know as we get closer, we're obviously going to be talking a lot more about this, but I want to make my, my thoughts on this particular topic known right here and right now in the very first episode, Brock Lesnar, he does not need to be losing to John Cena. And I've seen people writing articles on, on the internet and people thinking that, Oh, well you can't have a part-time champion and all this stuff. And I think that's a lot of bull. I really do. I know people, they want, they think that a champion needs to be on the show every single week because that's what, that's all we've known for the last how long. Uh, 10 years. Yeah. That's the way it's always been projected. But no, I, I think that that's wrong. You can always retrain the audience because here's the thing. If, if, if Brock Lesnar, who beat the Undertaker, not just beat the Undertaker, but beat him at WrestleMania, beat the undefeated streak. Yep. And then his first match back, he comes in and loses to John Cena. Uh-uh. No, and especially the way Paul Heyman's been, you know, building and building and building. Paul Heyman's been great as always. Oh my God. It has just been wonderful. His new DVD is out on Tuesday. We're going to get a review on the website, uh, probably late next week. That is a must buy. That is an absolute must buy. I'll have it on day one. I'm, I'm getting it on Tuesday when it comes out. But look, you cannot have just for the sake of, oh, we need to swerve fans that may be on to us that, that may think, oh, well, of course they're going to make Brock Lesnar win because he beat the Undertaker. So we have to swerve them and have Brock Lesnar lose, or we have to do some kind of screwy finish to get people to buy Night of Champions. No, that's the wrong way to go about uh-huh. it. Now, let me just say, I vehemently disagree with that thinking. That is the wrong way. If there, if there's, you know, one or two right ways, there's probably a hundred wrong ways. That's number one on the wrong ways list is to have Brock Lesnar lose 
just to swerve a very small group of fans online. You don't want to do that. It's not best for business, as Triple no. H might say, <laughs> because Lesnar finally rebuilt some stock when he beat The Undertaker. When he ended that streak, he finally got back some, if not all, of his stock that he's lost from doing a lot of jobs since he's come back. And he's lost, right. and he's won a few, but he's also lost some key matches and they needed to build some stock back into him. So you cannot have him just come in and lose. So they have to have him come in and win decisively. And he needs to be uncontrollably, you know, out of control, like yep. a freight train. Anything that gets in the freight train's way is out, taken out. Right. I mean, that's the right. way you have to do it. No, we, we need that monster because we have not had a monster like, you know, it was Orton. He was kind of a heel, but it's like, eh, it's not okay. a monster. Right. No, we need like a monster heel just tear through the roster like he did in the past when he was on SmackDown. Well, except for this past uh, Monday against Roman Reigns, he he had a hell of a beatdown on Roman Reigns. And that was something else. Right. He did. That was that Oof. was a good one. That ambush. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know. It, it, and if Roman Reigns is still indeed the guy for next year's WrestleMania, Roman Reigns and, and Brock Lesnar, you need Lesnar undefeated from now until WrestleMania. And I know that's going to be a kind of a slippery slope because it's like, well, how do we sell pay-per-views? I don't give a damn what you do. I don't give a damn if you throw more money at Brock Lesnar. You get him on a couple of these shows. He doesn't need to be on all of them, but nope. you get him on a couple of shows and you have him beat everyone in his path. If this is your plan, own up to it and do it. Don't change it for the sake of swerving a very small group of people on the internet. Oh, it's a small one. Stick to your guns and do what you got to do. And what you have to do is you had him beat the undertaker. So now you have to keep him uncontrollable, unstoppable until next year's mania or whenever you're going to have the next big switch. But I wouldn't do it earlier than WrestleMania because WrestleMania is a big stage. Right. It is. I would bring it full circle. Lesnar beat Undertaker at WrestleMania. So you bring a full circle to this year or this coming, this upcoming year's WrestleMania. And then you have him lose in a decisive fashion. And then it builds up stock for whoever beats him. Mm-hmm. And obviously I think that I think they want that to be Roman Reigns. So there you go. Perfect. It's done. It's, yeah. you know, and you, can, and you can film Lesnar when he's not on TV, you can take cameras to him or when he's in your, building and you can film stuff for the future a little bit you can you know and and this will make them more disciplined to book long term because if they if they film all this extra stuff with lesnar they will not be tempted to want to change things up because they'll say well we got all this lesnar stuff in the can and we need to keep this going and it'll make them want to book more long term than in the short term and that is good for business maybe it's best for business right and we said this earlier he also has paul Heyman. yes to do all the, you know, a lot of the mic work for him to show up and be the antagonist and, you know, be opposite of, you know, the, the hero or whatever and just, yeah. just totally just go to town and, you know, hype up Brock Lesnar is unstoppable. I told you so. You know, you, you can't, you know, can't stop him. He's the champion and just go on and on and on. And that's how you do it. There's yep. no better way to do it. I don't, I don't think, I don't think there's any other better way to do it. I think for Lesnar to a beat Undertaker at WrestleMania, Lesnar needs to be beat down at WrestleMania. Yep. And you should involve the title so you can, you can regain stock in the title and the guy who beats Lesnar will get stock as well. That's the best way to go for business. Restore credibility to the title. Yes. 
and you know make it make it mean something because that's why I hear a lot of the a lot of the older wrestlers say make the title mean something again. Yeah, so let's do it. Let's <laughs> let's bring <laughs> back some stock in this title. All right. With that being said, we've got a little bit of time left here on the on the program. I want to switch gears to uh, to TNA. My mouse. Yeah, yeah, uh, right. I was gonna say th- this is how you don't book your company or don't run your company. This is what not to do. It's a little bit crazy now, Chris. My my yeah. mouse has gone dead here. Can you pull up the uh, the TMZ article? I don't know if you have that handy, but uh, uh, my mouse has died here. I have it. I have. I'm looking at the tabs on my web browser on my computer. And I can see the TNA tab, but I cannot click it. So <laughs> if you can just pull oh, that up no. for me um, quickly, that would be that'd be Let great. Let me see. I'm trying to see. I'm trying to see if I can find it. All right. Uh, okay. Yeah. Hang on a second. Let me see. Here it is. Yeah. Oh yeah. Here we go. Yep. TMZ Sports. So what did TMZ have to say about TNA one week ago today? Tell us about that. Okay. Impact Wrestling was canceled by Spike TV. They just they just shut it down. Yes, they did. That no, no new deal is in place. And then, and then Spike TV and TNA came out the very next day and said, "Nope, negotiations are ongoing," and that that's where they left that. Now, let me ask you this: Who do you believe more? Do you believe TMZ's report from whoever they got the information from, or do you believe Spike TV and Dixie Carter? At this point, it's hard to believe Dixie anything Dixie Carter's saying because we all know. We've all heard the reasons why Spike TV canceled and that they had no deal, but I don't know. I would tend to not believe Dixie Carter. I would agree. I I can't. I just I just can't, especially considering how they lied about Vince Russo. And I'm sure Vince Russo, that whole thing coming out, mm-hmm. probably had a lot to do with. You know, <laughs> I would think had a lot to do with this. I mean, right? Because I mean, I mean, they said at first they're like. You know, there was rumors sworn that he was working for the company, and they said, "Nope, not working for the company." And then what happens? He erroneously sent, or quote unquote, erroneously sends out an email, and yeah. one of the, you know, one of the, you know, one of his contacts got it because he didn't send it to the right Mike. Yeah, he sent it to Mike Johnson at a another wrestling website. <laughs> one of these, uh, you know, one of these guys that, uh, you know, is is an inside type reporting on the internet. Uh, mm-hmm. And how ironic is that? So he doesn't even just send it to Mike. Uh, Mike Johnson or Jones or whatever, or it was yeah. Mike Johnson, but I mean, I was trying to think yeah. of some generic name, but John he, Smith. He, and- yeah, he doesn't send it to Mike John Smith or whoever. He actually sends it to a guy who runs an internet insider wrestling website. <laughs> that gets a lot of traffic. That? <laughs> yeah, that's, I find that to be very funny. I don't know about you, but that's just, that, that really cracks me up. Right. And then he comes out and says, oh, it was a swerve. Yeah, I, I, I was swerving you, you guys. I, yes, I, I really meant to, to send it to you guys. <laughs> right, and then of course now they had, they had come out and say, "Yeah, I'm working for TNA." You know, he's got to come out and say it now. He's everybody's dismissing the whole thing, and then of course, you know, after this whole thing with Spike TV, he's like, "Eh, I'm done with TNA." Yeah, uh, I'm wondering how much of that was. You know what? We made a mistake. You can't be here anymore. Yeah, I mean, it's they they lied about that and still said he wasn't working. And this, I think even Dixie got some uh got some pressure from higher up saying, "You know, we told you, no Russo, no Russo. Don't bring him in. Don't bring him in." And what did she do? They brought, brought him, him in. in. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I think TNA just really likes the guy, or they Man. did, and they wanted to have him around because, you know, he built up his stock in years past as far as the Attitude Era, but then he's done a lot of bad things as well. So, 
you know, it's, it's kind of a catch twenty two. Like they're thinking, well, maybe just under our direction, he can do good things, but he's not really that. done many good things. And I mean, I don't want to completely just blindly hate on Russo because you know sometimes he's had some good ideas. Like there was a DVD that came out uh, a year or two ago about rebooking the invasion angle, WCW invasion angle, and they had him on there and. They asked Vince Russo, you know, what would you do? How would you book this angle? And in theory, you could tell where he had a lot of good ideas on some stuff. But right. just just out of that, something that he had never actually booked, but with the benefit of hindsight, he could go on and, and, and try to you know plan what he would do. And it was actually pretty interesting stuff. But for some reason, you give him a clearance like TNA on a national you know television or national cable audience, and he cannot deliver. And TNA... The biggest problem I think is Chris is that they don't have they don't have an identity. That's no, the biggest I mean, problem. Right, they're trying to book like it's WCW and you you can't do that. And now ECW. Right. Oh, oh god, yes. <laughs> you can't do that. No, you cannot. You cannot and you know I, I've heard, you know, other, you know, like the Jim Cornettes and things like that saying, you know, you can't book like that. Well, you cannot do that. I mean, you, some of the stuff needs to come back. But some of the traditional stuff, but you can't do another attitude error. You can't do another ECW because there were such unique times in wrestling that they can't be duplicated. Anything else you try to duplicate it, it's going to fail. Well, I have a direct quote here from the man who was pretty damn instrumental in the ECW success. A man by the name of Paul Heyman, who we referenced earlier, he talked with Newsday's Alfonso Castillo and had the following to say, quote, I think it's very much time for anybody and everybody to move on, especially on a product that you're trying to push forward. Nostalgia tours are great, but not in the youth-oriented and dominated industry. I think that the lesson learned in all of this is that Spike TV didn't renew them, and one of the reasons has to be that most passionate reaction they can get is for a product that went away in 2001, and they've been trying to brand themselves since their inception, and they can't get it done. They should have spent that time and energy trying to brand themselves and not trying to elicit a response of an audience based on a product that they don't even own. End quote. Holy crap. Paul Heyman just speaks the truth. He drops a gigantic truth bomb. And I fought on people with Twitter. This people would just say, oh, my God, you're crazy. You know, they people love this ECW stuff. And I just don't think that you can go on the first New York show, which I think is what, two weeks ago now. It sounds about right, yeah. And say, you know, we're rebooting TNA. This is a new era of TNA, and then it's Tommy Dreamer, you know, on the verge of tears, talking about 1997 ECW. How do you do that, Chris? I don't know. Paul Hammond's, you know, Paul Hammond's even been on record saying that he doesn't look back. No. Too often. I mean, he'll he'll do interviews where he tell you know people ask him a story about something that happened, but for the most part, he's like, no, I don't do that my kids do but i don't yeah i mean it's just it's, it's silly it's, it's done it's bare you know, it's done it happened it was a magical time you know it's a very very special time very trendsetting very pioneer but now it, you know it's it's not 1997 it's not 2014 i mean <laughs> get with it move on guys yes move on and quit, the- quit hold quit holding on to the high school championship football game just move on the the sad part about it is, Chris, is that TNA has one of the best talent rosters on the planet. They've right. got a lot of very talented wrestlers, and the last thing you want is these these fine gentlemen and females 
Last thing you want them is to be jobless. And right. I got, and I got the, news for you. There's not a whole lot of jobs out there. No way. I mean, the the, the independent circuits, you know, pretty slim. I mean, you know, you'd be wrestling in, uh, you know, Knights of Columbus in front of 20 people, but yeah, it's just it's just unfortunate that they're going to let yeah. themselves, you know, TNA's going to let themselves do this and, and and just kind of fall apart. This is my opinion. I mean, I'm not I don't work for them, so I don't know, but this is just what I see. Mm-hmm. And in the way that they come out and make their statements and things like this, I just don't it, it doesn't show a lot of consistency to me um to lead me to believe that this is the right way to do your business. But that's just I mean, it's just my opinion. That's all it is. Right. And, you know, we, we've said it, you know, numerous times. The competition is, it's necessary. I mean, you got to have competition and, you know, all these different independent promotions out there. And even some, I don't think there's ever going to be anybody that competes with the, uh, WWE, like no. directly competes. You know, that, that day is gone. It's over. It's yeah, over, we, Johnny. <laughs> <laughs> it's done. Yep. Kurt, time for the curtain close. But, yeah, it's just unfortunate because, like you said, it, it, the talent's going to suffer. Yeah, and they 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 can't do anything about it. I mean, they're they're going out. You know, they're. I don't watch TNA anymore as much as I used to, but I mean, they're out there busting their you know busting their hump to try to you know earn a living and put on a good show. And you know, they they sign the back of the you know that's some that's funny because somebody told me that one long time ago. It said when you sign the front of the check instead of the back, you can do whatever you want. Yeah. That's a good but way to it's unfortunate. It. Yeah, I mean, it's just unfortunate that they're going to suffer because of this. Yeah, I mean, they're they're very talented. They do not deserve this. Mm-mm. And I just hope that they can pull it around. Because if it's true, if they have been canceled, then they're going to have to find a new spot, a new home. And I hope that they can. And I hope that they can finally wake up and, and correct course. You know, yes, you know, nobody. I, I will not be able to argue with anybody. Yes, you watch the New York shows. Yes, the crowds into it. Yes, the people are going nuts. Here's the thing, though. It's not easy or not hard to impress a New York crowd. You give them some of that EC dub stuff and you throw people through tables. You can get people excited pretty easily. Right. How- they had, they had the small venue. That's the problem. They were treating it like it was an independent show. You got the small venues. It's more intimate. Well, it's where, it's where ECW that. was held. Exactly. Is the Manhattan, the Manhattan ballroom. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's not. It's not, it's not, it's not an arena in, you know, New York. It's not the garden. Okay. You're, you're not, you're not putting that show in the garden and selling it out. If ECW was something that went to the garden and sold out consistently, then maybe that's something you want to model after. But TNA needs to find their own identity. And if they don't find their own, own identity, they're going to flame out fairly quickly from here. Because let's face it, if they don't get signed to a network, it's going to be awfully difficult to keep things going. Right. And we saw this when WWE was negotiating their latest television contract, that there wasn't a whole lot of other bidders out there. No, and especially considering the parent companies or these networks, they have a huge stranglehold on all of their stations and all their channels. Yeah. I mean, it's not like you have 35 different, you know, parent companies that say, oh, I'm going to go here and be on HDNet, or I'm going to go here and be on Spike TV, or I'm going to go here... And, you know, try to get on, you know, whatever channel that doesn't exist. You're, you're, you know, if you can't get in with anybody, you're screwed. I agree. All right, guys, we're going to wrap it up for this week. Thank you guys for listening so much. Spread the word, wrestlinginformant.com. Follow us on Twitter at PWinformant. And if you want to follow us uh, personally, uh, Chris, where can they find you on Twitter? At Chris McManamy. 
Great. And I'm at Gary Cantrell. Follow us there. We also have a Facebook as well. Facebook.com slash wrestling informant. And for our members, we'll be back tomorrow with a review of Monday Night Raw. We'll see you guys next time.